0: you're here and we um, need some prayer, I just wanted you to know this next part of the service is for you. We're going to pray over prayer cards, so whether you fill one of these out or not, just know that we are praying for you, and we're going to pray over these for every need here, um, whether it's sickness, finances, travel, safety, all those types of things things that are in here. Uh, we want to pray over those now, so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we lift up every need in this church right now. Father God, even the unspoken ones that didn't fill out a card or are here or they're watching us online, Father God, we ask that you would just uh, sit with them and be with them and help them fill your presence so that they know that you're walking beside them, Lord, for whatever they need, Father God, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a health need. Lord, we also lift up Pastor Angel right now, Father God, for the things he's got going on, Lord. Uh, we pray that um, you would just heal him, make him feel new, and, um, and heal what's going on in his body. In your name we pray, Amen. You may be seated. As I mentioned there in that prayer, um, well, good morning and welcome, uh, but as I mentioned there in that prayer, uh, Pastor Angel uh, is not feeling so hot and so uh, I have uh, graciously volunteered to step in, uh, which is, is kind of crazy because uh, if I, I have to apologize ahead of time, if I seem a little sporadic or if I say something that didn't quite make sense, um, ask me after. And, and I'll clarify it because I'm running on about 12 hours of sleep since Wednesday. So, um, so yeah, it's just been a crazy, crazy week. Who have had a week like that for, right? Whether it's work, stuff. We had the youth lock-in on Friday night. We had 22 kids running around this building wild um, on Friday night, and so um, at some point, right around 3.15-ish in the morning, yeah, a.m., I uh, was standing there watching these kids still run around with the abundance of energy that they have playing tag and that, and I, I thought, oh, God, I hate this. Because, <laughs> like, I'm usually in bed by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, tops, right? But I love it because the kids love it, and we had a great time, and it was a blast. So, um, so yeah, support your local youth, and shameless plug, we're here every Wednesday at 7 p.m. in the community center, so send your teenager uh, ages, um, oh, excuse me, grades 6 to 12, Anyway, so if you don't know, uh, if it's your first time visiting, uh, my name is Ray and I'm the youth pastor here along with my lovely bride Katie and I'm grateful to be here, honored to share God's word with you and something that's been on my heart lately. Um, Again, let's uh, keep Angel in our prayers, he's not feeling too hot. And um, so we've been in our sermon series, uh, A Better Way for the last couple of weeks and um, do we have the right uh, slides up there because that says Angel Flores on it, just making sure. so we've been in our sermon series A Better Way, and uh, Angel a couple weeks ago talked about um, worry, right? So we can get caught up in worry. Last week he talked a little bit about the hustle, and, and I loved the message he gave about like, you know, busy sickness, you know, that's like, some of us are just like, I'm a prime example of that this week, right? Like since Wednesday I'm running off at 12 hours of sleep, I've been way too busy this week. So uh, today I wanna talk a little bit about our emotions, and how we as Christians can find a better way to handle them and different perspectives on how we can use them uh, for God's glory, so let's pray. God, thank you for wiring us with our emotions. Whenever we feel angry, scared, frustrated, sad, joyful, or anything in between, I ask that you would help us come running to you and remind us how to put you number one in all that we say and all that we do. Lord, bless our time together, change our hearts. Lord, please start with mine. We don't wanna leave the same way we got here. In your name we pray, amen. Who in here has ever felt like your emotions are at odds with your faith? Maybe you've been walking through something and you're like, this does not align with what I'm supposed to believe or how I'm supposed to feel going through something. Yeah, has it ever happened to you before? So, like you follow Jesus, but you know, there's certain things that make you wanna lose your mind or you wanna act less Christian. Or like uh, Ange Larson, she has a, a hoodie. This says, I'm holy and hood, like pray with me, but don't play with me, right? Like she's walking around telling you like, don't mess with me because these emotions will come out and you're gonna catch some hands or something, right? So I'm just saying like, we as Christians still sometimes feel at odds with our emotions, right? It's really easy to do that. And so our emotions can be this roller coaster where we question our faith. And if we're all being honest here, we've dealt with unpleasant ones. They make us wonder why our faith feels so fragile. They cause us to say, you know, am I really strong enough in my faith? Am I doing something wrong because I'm feeling, right? Who here doesn't like to feel or be caught in their feelings? It's okay, you can raise your hand, not everyone likes to feel. So, but what if our faith and our feelings aren't actually at war with each other? What if they're supposed to complement each other? What if our feelings can actually fuel our faith and drive us closer to God? so over a time, I really wanna to chat today about how Jesus responded to some of the things and his feelings while he was here on Earth and how he can help us put some things into action today. Jesus was one of us, right? He was fully man and fully God, and he experienced every emotion that we did, yet he didn't sin. And you see, emotions aren't the problem, it's usually our response to them that can become problematic for us. So as much as we'd like to hide our emotions, or forget I exist, or forget they exist, excuse me, sorry. Um, or we want to numb them with a gallon of ice cream, right? Raise your hand if you've ever thought, like you're in your feels and you're in your emotions and you think, I need a snack right now. That would help. Raise your hands. Yeah, it's okay. Come on, levanta sus manos. Raise your hand. I know you guys, come on. Um, come on. I mean, it's 11 o'clock at night, you crave a Big Mac or something, no one else, just me? All right, whatever. All right, then here's the point, guys. It's important to remember that God created those emotions. And again, it's what we do with them. He's wired us to think and to feel just as he did when he walked the earth. So we see Jesus throughout scripture. He gets angry, he gets upset, he gets frustrated, and he experiences all these emotions that we do. And in every single emotion, every single time it happens, we notice him connecting more closely to his Father. We see, we see him draw near and not pull away. In fact, as Jesus comes near the end of his life, we see him painfully distressed and in anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He knows and he's he's thinking about and praying about his looming crucifixion, and yet in the middle of all that pain and that anguish, what he does is he cries out and he prays to the Father that his will will continue to be done and not his own. How many of us can honestly say the last time you cried out for God's help, you still asked for his will to be done and not yours? Way easier said than done though, right? So it's easy for us to sit and say, I'm in my pain, God, and I need you, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. Instead, what we see Jesus do is he turns and he says, let your will still be done, not my own. And that's the key that we have to remember in in talking about this today is that Jesus didn't ignore his own pain, and he doesn't ignore ours. Instead, he promised to be with us in it. So our feelings can actually fuel our faith, but only if they send us running to the Father. Having feelings isn't failure, it's not a lack of faith or an addition of doubt in your life, it's a reminder to go to the Father and seek Him. Joy, sadness, anger, hurt, grief, even compassion, all of these have been given to us by God. He has given us the capacity to feel deeply so we can better process these powerful emotions and do something with them. So don't ignore them. So I wanna talk a little bit specifically about how those emotions can get us. We're gonna talk about the story of Lazarus. Have you ever been hurting, you don't have to answer this one. Have you ever been hurting so much, been sitting so much in your anguish and your pain, you knew no words could really help you? There were just no words. Maybe you've experienced an unimaginable pain or grief and you're, or, or maybe you've been sitting with someone trying to comfort them, but in those moments, you're trying to find the words and you feel like you have to say something to fix or mend a broken heart. We've all been there, right? However, as much as we want to say something, um, I read an article recently stating, and I know angels have mentioned this too, that stating something like everything happens for a reason or God just needed another angel, right? It's shown that that can actually add to someone's grief and add to their pain in the moment because the last thing anyone wants to hear is that it was God's fault. And it's the last thing we should want to say, right? but we feel like we have to say something. We just need someone to sit and to feel with us for a while. And it's usually someone sitting there in our pain that will end up making all the difference. And that's why with just two words and one sentence in the Bible makes up one of the most powerful verses in in our scripture. It's Jesus wept. Jesus himself experiences this pain. He experiences this loss and this grief and this sorrow. And even though Jesus knew how the story would end, he knew he was going to to raise Lazarus from the dead, he still wept in the middle of it. Scripture tells us that he felt this stirring. He was overcome in his spirit. Backing up just a little bit. Jesus hears about his uh, his friend Lazarus Who's sick? And Jesus tells his disciples, tells them that his sickness isn't going to end in death. But as he gets sicker, Jesus decides he needs to go, or he doesn't go heal him, right? He just he keeps getting sicker. And the disciples are even like, hey, we shouldn't go back there. No, nope, let's not go there. Uh, but flash forward, when Jesus knows that Lazarus has died, his disciples, you know, are like, oh yeah. And he says, he actually tells them, no, our friend has gone to sleep. They're like, oh, well, let him rest a while. Right? Even though Jesus knows that he's actually dead. And so, when he gets there and they finally arrive, Jesus talks to both of Lazarus' sisters and he sees them weeping. But how does he respond? He doesn't minimize their pain, he doesn't say, hey, don't worry about it, it's no big deal. You know, just, you know, God needed another one. He doesn't say anything like that. He doesn't offer a, a, a quick, one, great sounding one-liner. He sits and he weeps with them. See, Jesus finally understood in that moment Jesus was a sympathetic crier. He weeps when we weep. He sits with us in our misery and sometimes he doesn't say a word. In fact, in this moment, he doesn't. He sits and he weeps. Soon after Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead in this incredible miracle, he's also foreshadowing his own resurrection It would give us all the opportunities to be friends with him. And raising Lazarus is a miracle that reminds us that God can resurrect us from any disappointment, from our grief and our pain. In the chapter in John 11, he actually talks about how, I'm God, I can still do whatever I want. I understand that, you know, his sisters run up to him and say, you, "If you, had you been here, this wouldn't have happened. But Jesus experiences the pain with them. And a lot of times for us, what happens when we experience something tragic or traumatic or painful, a lot of us get stuck living before the miracle. We get stuck living in the waiting. We get stuck in the grief. And Lazarus' story gives us hope not just because it has the happy ending, but because we serve a God who is with us through every single phase of every single story in our lives. God is near to the brokenhearted. When we weep, he weeps. Jesus is with us, he understands us, he sees us, he meets us in our pain and disappointment, and if we are willing to just sit with him in his presence, it is okay to just feel those emotions because Jesus wept too, amen? And so our emotions truly can be a gift from God to remind us to draw near to God. So when we experience sorrow, we shouldn't be pushing it aside. When you feel your life coming to an end through pain and anguish, whether it's the loss of a loved one or something that's going on in your life, Even though we know how our story ends with Jesus and and everything great um, in his story, it's okay to weep in the middle because weeping is still worship to God if we invite him to be a part of it. If we invite him to say, Lord, will you just sit with me while I weep? Because he'll do it. And Jesus wept, uh, excuse me, sorry, Jesus wept. These two little words, they have such an extraordinary meaning for us. And so when we think, uh, it's really easy when we read the gospels and we see all the miracles performed and so on, that we tend to forget that human side of Jesus, right? Um, we, we see that he performs all these miracles, does all these cool things, but we kind of forget that he had real relationships as a human while he walked, right? It can be easy to just slip into read, uh, reading Jesus as only as this higher being, which of course he was, he's still God, but as someone who was set apart from those around him, someone who was untouchable, someone you couldn't just sit down and hang out and, and have a glass of wine with, because Jesus drank wine, right? And so his relationships that we see, it's easy to read the gospels and say that his relationships were strictly of a leader-follower dynamic, but they weren't. If you've ever watched The Chosen, which is a great TV show, I highly recommend it, but what it does is it really, what I loved about it, is it really humanizes Jesus. He laughs with his friends, he sits with them, he shares meals, he jokes with them, they have fun, and it shows this human side that it's really hard to to remember while you're reading of just all these godlike amazing things that he does throughout the scripture. He had deep relationships with the people around him. He asked people to join him based on their talents, their gifts, and what he knew that they could bring uh, to his discipleship, and he had such great relationships with them for three plus years, and I want everyone to think about the relationships you have. From the moment you first met someone, whether it's um, you know, your mother and father, your, your best friend, you know, someone that, you, you know, your, your spouse. Think about when you first met them until now. How many years have gone by? How long have you known each other? You've shared countless inside jokes. You've laughed, you've cried, similar interests, hobbies. You've shared your secrets, your vulnerabilities, your heartbreaks, your joys. You've done all these things together. And now think about how you'd feel when you lose them, right? Sinks in your chest a little, just the thought sometimes of losing someone special to you. It hurts the same way it hurt Jesus, knowing that his friend had passed away. Jesus had experienced all that as both a man, because as a human, he weeps for his friend, and yet as God, he weeps at the loss of his child to death. And knowing what he's soon to face himself, this inevitably cruel and painful death being crucified. And there's something to really remember when we read this passage, as short, as simple as it is. It is a full-blown picture of Jesus' human emotions combined with his divine knowledge and power. He didn't have to sit and weep. He could have just sat there quietly in the corner. It's cool, guys. Just wait a few minutes. Bring him out. And it says in the Bible in the scriptures, he says, Lazarus, in a big, booming voice. My voice is going out. If you can't tell, so I wouldn't just yell. But he yells in a big, booming voice. right? He says, in a loud voice, he says, Lazarus, come out here. Come out and we're able to see his, but he, sorry, he doesn't do that though, right? He sits and he weeps. So we're able to see this personal relationship on full display with the death of his friend. And what this means for us as friends of Jesus, who will also experience the reality of a death of a loved one in our own lives, Jesus was moved with this profound sorrow at the death of his friend and that grief. In addition, this sorrow is intermixed with the anger at the evil of death knowing he has to go confront it, knowing that he has to go and see it himself. And not only was Jesus deeply moved, but John says that he was deeply moved in his spirit when he witnessed the palpable grief about him. And that phrase, in his spirit, as I mentioned earlier, it's not referring to the Holy Spirit, it's referring to Jesus' own human spirit. He was overcome, he was deeply moved that he wept. And the grief, Grief is a human reality. It's one in which we're all going to experience, especially one so deep that we are at some point going to question our faith. No matter what or who you've lost, you have to run to the Father the same way Jesus does. And Jesus' human spirit reveals that heartfelt mourning in the face of death is not an indication of a lack of faith or doubt, but it's honest grief experiencing death and suffering, which we all have to face at some point in our lives. His tears remind us that he loves sinners so much and he cares for their soul, even though knowing in his divine power he was going to fix it. Does that make sense? Like, it, it blows my mind to think that Jesus still, in his human form, sits and weeps with us, knowing that he can just fix it. The Same way he hung on the cross, knowing he could send a legion of angels to save himself, but he doesn't because he knows what he has to do. Jesus wept. He did not consider himself above our agonies, but he emptied himself of privilege by taking our form and being born in our likeness. And the very, very heart of the Christian message is that God so loved our weeping world that he gave his only son to weep with us all the way to the place of our forsakenness, and whoever believes in him will not weep forever, but have everlasting joy. And one day when he wipes every tear from our eyes, not because he's suppressing our sadness, he wipes away those tears that he's also shed in his own and he's triumphant three days later amen that's the part that we get to celebrate and be joyous of is his um, is the gospel and so the gospel in two words is truly that jesus wept he experienced being human and rose from the dead to save us all and so today i don't want to just pray that god would give us a love for others and the same love as his for souls to be saved but instead Pray that God will give us weeping eyes and a broken heart for them, and it would cause us to have empathy for others in their darkest hours. You see, in this whole 24-hour news cycle that we live in, right, there's tragedy all around us all the time. Unfortunately, it becomes pretty normalized. We can pull out our phones and just start to scroll. Heck, there's accounts online that you can just watch of people getting physically hurt, right? Like, so we, we laugh at people getting physically hurt. Now, sometimes it's funny this one time, Katie was running to first base in a softball game and she fell flat on her face. It was hilarious. But then I apologized later for laughing. Anyway, I couldn't grab my phone fast enough to record it. Otherwise, I would have played it for you. But the point is here, is this combination of real-time reporting, social media, I saw a video earlier this week, made me sick to my stomach. There was a fight happening on the street. And as the police walked slowly over to it, like I'm sitting there like, why aren't they rushing a little bit more? There were six people, six, I counted, I watched it a few times, six people standing around the fight, just doing this, holding their phone, videotaping it. That while a man is in physical pain and anguish, people are standing videotaping it. And the thing is, is, is it desensitizes us to that pain and agony. We don't wanna feel it, we keep scrolling, or worse yet, or as we see it, we wanna watch the video, or we wanna pull out our phones and, and, and film it, right? But as followers of Jesus, we are called to, to action, to do something and to mourn with others and love our neighbors as ourselves. And you see, with Jesus during his time on earth, not only did he feel compassion for those in pain but then he responds in a meaningful and loving, loving way by weeping with them. So what does compassion look like? Compassion is, is an emotion, right? And the word compassion oops, uh, comes from, uh, comes from, it's a, uh, two parts. The first part is com, it's a prefix that means with, and the second part is passion. So it literally means uh, suffering, literally means to suffer with, to take pity. And we can't just like a social media post, in, in you know, seeing someone help someone or do something else, it, or, or do nothing about something that we see when injustice is, is happening. But we've got to really serve people and really love them the way Jesus did. And the Bible shows us many examples of Jesus's emotions, love, compassion, righteous anger when people are in his father's house, sadness, more. And if we really pay attention to how Jesus processed emotions and how following his example, it can set us free of our own emotions and how we can fulfill God's purpose in our own lives. You see, in Jesus' life, he always showed that love and sacrifice and compassion. And, and while compassion is not just an emotion, it's, it's more than a feeling for people in trouble or to have a bleeding heart for them in their plight. It's literally to suffer with them. And biblical compassion means that when you see a problem, You should be moved by the need. You go out to where the problem is and you're willing to get your hands dirty. You're willing to get down in the midst of their grief, in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their pain and sit with them. And you don't have to say a word, but you can weep with them and you can feel the emotions with them. So what does compassion and action look like? Romans chapter 12, verse nine through 10 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Oof, when's the last time you loved someone with genuine affection and you took delight in honoring them? And so I'll close with this as the worship team comes up. Um, This is Vaughn, It's my younger cousin. And Vaughn just recently passed away, just shy of about 15 years old from complications with cancer, and his uh, bone marrow transplant that did not go right. And he passed away way too young, obviously, right? Um, But before he passed away, he was not short of showing the world what compassion looked like. When I attended his funeral, I felt a little strange going because never actually met Vaughn. I know that sounds weird because he's my little cousin if you understood just how large my family is, and some of you might understand, um, I have cousins I've never met, right? Because my family's huge, but I wanted to be there and show up for my cousins of the cousin, right? And and because it's a tragic thing. And um, when I attended his funeral, they held an open mic. His friends and family got to get up and say good things about it. And it was incredible uh, the way the line just wrapped all the way around the church. And it really stood out to me that for the next three hours, every person, every single person got up and talked about his infectious kindness, his relentless spirit to make others feel valued and what many described as him being aggressively nice all the time. And there were so many kids, it was strange, they would get up, all these kids from his schools from throughout grade school all through um, uh, to, to high school is that they all said, A bunch of them started with the same thing. I didn't like him at all at first because he was so nice. But he won you over with his infectious kindness and his aggressively nice spirit. And it was so much you could not like him He lived Romans 12. And they sat there and story after story, they would say, he didn't pretend to love others. He really loved them. He really cared about them. He held tightly to what was good. He valued those around him. And when he would sit with you and experience emotion with you or show concern for you, he made you feel like you were the only other person in the room. And what's incredible about that is like Jesus is a sympathetic crier who will weep with you, sit with you, walk with you, Whatever you're going through, and Jesus knowing he was about to go through his own suffering, knowing he was going to face death himself, Vaughn in his own suffering didn't tell many people he was battling cancer. There was a lot of kids that got up and said, I had no idea he was sick. I didn't know. And they told a story about how he sat with them and made them feel valued and made them smile and made them laugh. And at that same time, he was going through chemotherapy and doing the thing that he had to do. He was facing his own suffering, his own pain, but yet this kid still had concern for others and maintained his love for others just like Jesus. And as kid after kid and person after person got up and talked about how he genuinely loved and cared for them, I sat there and I thought to myself, man, I hope they see Jesus in all of this. Because Vaughn lived like Jesus did. He showed compassion, he loved people in that way. He would sit with them and weep with them, show them that he loved them and was compassionate. Now, I'm no Bible scholar. I, know I walk around here and people say, hey, Pastor Ray, and it still sounds weird to me after 15 years of being a youth pastor, it sounds weird to be called Pastor Ray. I don't have the Bible memorized, but what I can tell you is I've experienced Jesus. I've had people sit with me in my darkest moments in grief and in sorrow, and I've also sat with them in their moments. And so despite what we're going through, despite the emotions, despite the anguish, the grief, Like Vaughn and so many people said around him that day, and I think what Jesus is really trying to show us is this. How will you let your own suffering increase your capacity to give and hold others in love? Will you be aggressively nice like Vaughn and Jesus who in his human form felt all the emotions and wept with those around him? Or will you let it shrink your heart and allow you to grow bitter and hardened? Justifiably, we all go through trauma, we all go through bad things, but the choice is ours on what we're gonna do with those emotions. It's okay to sit in them and grieve and, and feel them, but let's also use them to show that compassion for others. Weep with others. Don't try to answer why. Help them figure out how. Just help them move forward in love. Let's pray. God, you know every need in this building and beyond. As we sit here, God, reminded of your love for us, in your grief, excuse me, in our grief, Lord, and when we grieve in our sadness and we feel sad, we are also reminded of that joy that you bring us in the morning, Lord. How you knew and you still raised Lazarus from the dead and how you still knew of your death and your own resurrection. You still took time to just sit with us in our pain and our anguish. You didn't dismiss it, you didn't let it go, Lord. You just sat with us, Lord. Help us to be the same. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us just sit with you. And thank you for sitting with us sometimes and just showing us what that compassion and action really looks like. In your name we pray. Amen. Please stand with me as we sing this last chorus. It's
1: so bright in our you've been through something like that where you were grieving and you you didn't know what to do and you didn't have anybody there with you and i want i want you to know that jesus he's there with you he has compassion on you and, and if you're in this room and you've never experienced that you've never experienced the love and the grace and the compassion of jesus Uh, We're gonna say a very simple prayer this morning, and there's nothing special about the words, but the whole reason behind Mosaic Church is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And so we wanna give you an opportunity to connect your life to Jesus and experience that compassion this morning. And so I'm gonna say a very simple prayer, and there's nothing special about the words. It's it's all about your heart behind it. I want you all to bow your heads and and pray along with me. Dear Jesus, this morning I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. I pray you'd wash me, make me new. Thank you for your compassion, your grace, and your mercy. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning, we just wanna say welcome. We are so excited for you. Um, If you would Do us a favor and scan this QR code because we know that saying the prayer is just the first step in that journey with Jesus and so uh, if you scan that QR code and click um, new believer we have a gift that we'd love to send you um, to help you take the next steps in your walk with Christ Uh, but if this is your first time here we just want to say welcome we're so excited that you joined us this morning if you would also scan that QR code and click on new to mosaic uh, we'd love to know that you were joining us this morning uh, that, that you were visiting or if you've even if you've been coming for a few weeks We'd love to know that you were here and connect with you let you know a little bit more about the church um, Who we are how you can get involved things like that uh, if you don't want to scan the QR code You can also text welcome to the number up on the screen uh, and get connected that way uh, Well, we just have a couple quick announcements before we dismiss this morning uh, first of all, is we're doing, we're helping Brentwood Middle School with a back to school clothing drive. So you, when you walked in, you might have received one of these. If you didn't, grab one on your way out because we only have one week to get this stuff in. I know we got this late, but we still want to help them. We still want to be a blessing to this school. If you, if you know about Brentwood Middle School, um, a lot of the families there are low income. And so we just want to love them and bless them and help them get off to a great uh, new school year. Um, There's going to be a box in the foyer where you can bring those in next Sunday. Uh, But coming up on July 30th at 7 p.m. here at the church, we're going to be doing another worship night. Uh, We do this every month on the last Sunday of the month. And if you're anything like me, I love Sunday mornings. I love coming and sitting and listening to, to Pastor Angel or Ray or any one of the other communicators that we have but sometimes I love to just come and sit and worship right and, and just and just let the Holy Spirit come over me and and just be filled through that and worship God because he truly is worthy of just our praise and our worship and so that's what we do the last Sunday of the month um, we just spend about an hour just worshiping God so I'd love for you guys to come out to that and then the last thing our refresh women's gathering the registration is open now and so if you're a if you've been to that before you already know like this is something that you need to go to if you haven't been before. I would encourage you. You need to go to this. It, it is an incredible day. My wife goes to this every year, and she always comes back refreshed. That's literally why we called it refresh, because that's how they that's how they come back. It's so a one day on Saturday, August 26th. Um, they just spend the day worshiping and, and getting a message, and just making friends and groups, and they and they do activities and. It is really just an incredible day, and so it, guys like if you 've got kids, take care of the kids for the day likes make sure that your wife or your sister or your daughter or whoever any female in your life make sure she comes to this because it really is uh, just an incredible day. but with that, um, the last thing that we 're going to do is we're going uh, we 're going to continue the spirit of worship with our giving and if you're if you 're new to mosaic, I want you to know that this is a this is the most generous church that I've ever been a part of. I've, I've been to many churches. I've never seen a church as generous as Mosaic. We truly do live to give. We live to be a blessing to people around us, to our community, to the different areas that we're involved in through our missionaries and everything like that. And so when you give, you can trust that we are good stewards with what you're giving. We don't practice anything that we don't ask you to do. And so if you're going to give this morning, uh, there's several ways that you can give. You can give them, you can see them up on the screen. Uh, in person, there's a black box out in the foyer on the orange wall. You can uh, text any amount to 84321, you can give online or on the Church Center app. Let's go ahead and pray over this morning's offering. Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you that, that we have an opportunity to give to show you that we recognize that everything that we have comes from you. So this morning we give to you with a joyful and a generous heart. And we just, we say thank you for letting us be a part of what you're doing. God, I pray over this morning's offering that you would take it, that you would multiply it, that you would continue to use it to advance your kingdom, continue to use us to be a blessing to those around us. Thank you for all that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you uh, need additional prayer this morning, we have a prayer team that's gonna be up front. They'd love to pray for you. But with that, guys, have a great Sunday. We love you. We'll see you next week.